John chapter 9, hallelujah, John chapter 9, verse 4, and we'll pray as you're turning, and I'll pray, and then we'll get started. Father, we come before you this morning in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for your holy written word. Father, we've made this word that, uh, the foremost, the final authority in our lives. And Lord, we are changing and adapting to fit the word, not asking our circumstances to, to set the word, to set the, our belief system. But Lord, we're, we're adapting to this word. And Father, I thank you, Lord, this morning that you are infusing us with a spirit of faith, a spirit of healing, a spirit of miracles in the name of Jesus, that this church would literally, Father, that there would be such an atmosphere in this place. Father, thank you for changing us. Thank you, Father, for preparing us. And thank you, Lord God, for uh, ministering life to your people this morning. Thank you, Father, for supplying every need, touching bodies this morning, changing circumstances. And we give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. John chapter 9, verse 4. It says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Jesus speaking. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and said, said unto him, Go wash at the pool in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. And he went his way therefore and washed and came seeing. Praise God. Turn to uh, Mark. Mark 2. Hallelujah. Mark 2, verse 9. And uh, it's kind of starting in the middle of the story because there were people there opposing so forth. But uh, he said, so I'm going to start in the middle here, but you'll catch on. Whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven, verse 9, the, or to say, arise and take up thy bed and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up his bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw it on this fashion. And then Luke chapter 17, Luke chapter 17, verse 12. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass, as they went, they were cleansed. And uh, going on there, we won't read the rest of it. So uh, we'll just go ahead and uh, dive into this. I want to talk about miracles this morning because we are in a time of miracles. Uh, the the miracles, miracles have never ceased since Jesus uh, on the cross. Well, actually, he, he performed miracles. But when, he, when Jesus said on the cross, it is fi finished, Jesus forever opened the door for miracles to continue after he was gone. Because a lot of times we uh, have heard that, well, miracles just in the ministry of Jesus in order to get the church started. Or miracles just in the ministry of Jesus and in the book of Acts just to get the church started. But when Jesus said it is finished, Jesus forever opened the door of miracles. Miracles are a law just like gravity. They're a law. There's a law of faith, and we know we read that. And miracles are a law just like gravity. And uh, uh, so it means uh, that, that you, can, you don't have to wonder about miracles. You can have a miracle. All of us can have a miracle. And we are in a, especially in a time of miracles because um, uh, uh, an increased time of miracles, maybe I should say that, because we know that Jesus uh, said and the prophets said that in the last days that God would pour out His Spirit on all flesh and there would be signs and wonders, uh, especially increased in the last days. And we as a church... And we as individuals, yourself, you yourself, we need to uh, create a place for miracles in our lives. We need to make a place for miracles. Um, if you've ever heard about somebody having a miracle, if you've ever read about somebody having a miracle, and if you hadn't, then I guess you haven't read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. <laughs> Hallelujah. But if you've ever read or heard about somebody having a miracle, then you can have a miracle. Because uh, uh, the Word teaches us that, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Word teaches us that God is no respecter of persons. So it would be, God would have to be a respecter of persons to give one person a miracle. 
to heal someone of cancer, to heal someone in a miracle service of Catherine Kuhlman or John G. Lake or Smith Wigglesworth or at Word of Life Church and not give you a miracle in your life and in your body. Praise God. So we need to uh, stir ourselves up concerning miracles. We need to start reading about miracles in the Bible. You're going to have to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John in the book of Acts to find miracles in the Bible uh, and be stirred up continually about miracles. When we read the epistles, uh, we find out who we are in Christ and how we're supposed to live. And we need to read those. But when we read the, uh, the gospels, we find out about not, not just miracles, but the ultimate miracles, perfect miracles, miracles, the highest order of miracles. And there's many levels of miracles and hallelujah, however we get them, but let's always shoot for the highest. Let's always shoot for the best. You know, sometimes we pray for people and praise God for people getting healed. And, and, and it says, well, you know, I, Sister Beulah, it took her six months to get her healing. Praise God she got her healing, but let's focus on the highest and the best. Let's focus on the instantaneous. Amen. I know it took me two years to get delivered and healed of bursitis in my shoulders both shoulders. Took me a year from one side and a year on the other side. But it wasn't God's fault. It was my fault. And praise God, I'm healed of bursitis in both shoulders. I don't have pain in my shoulders. I used to have pain in my shoulders every night. So much so that I had to sleep on the shoulder that hurt, put pressure on it, just to go to sleep. And the whole time I'm rebuking it and refusing it and, not, and saying I won't take it and believe in God for my healing. But as we increase in, in revelation and as we focus more on miracles and as we create an atmosphere of miracles, it becomes more like Jesus had instantaneous miracles many times, most of the time. Not every time, but most of the time he had instantaneous miracles. So let's shoot for the highest. Let's shoot for the best. Let's don't meditate on sister so-and-so taking two years. Let's, let's meditate on Jesus that got them healed instantly. Right. Amen. And if it takes you a little longer than instantly, well, praise God. Hallelujah. You'll get the next time. You'll get it faster. Amen. So we talk, we, we need to focus on the miracles of Jesus because they are perfection. Amen. Jesus got everybody healed as quick as they could have ever been healed. If Jesus, if it took, if they, you know, one man he prayed for, it said, uh, it said, uh, about, I think it was the nobleman's son, isn't it? It said he began to amend from that hour. Well, I guarantee you, if he could have been healed quicker, Jesus would have done it. But sometimes it's in us. Sometimes things have to be worked out of us. And anytime we don't get a miracle and somebody dies and goes on to be with the Lord, well, praise God, they got the ultimate healing. And they're not going to have to deal with it anymore. And there's no way they're not in a better place. But still, it's never God. God didn't say, you can't have it. It's always in us. Amen. And so, uh, praise God. Uh, so miracles are in the Bible. Miracles, so we got to get stirred up about them in this church. And so here's what my, my thing is right now is I'm going to preach them. I'm going to talk about them. I'm going to uh, read about them. I'm going to sing about them. I'm going to testify about them until they are a natural thing that happened all the time at Word of Life Church. Amen. Amen. That's, and so, so we're just going to push on through. And we're having to push through some stuff. You know, some stuff that in our thinking. And so I tell you what I'm reading right now. I'm reading books on miracles. I've been reading about uh, Brother Branham's miracles. And I've been reading about, uh, 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 let's see, um, Ruth, Hef uh, Ruth Heflin. And that's not her name. Edith Heflin. Edith Heflin and her miracles. I actually have been reading about Ruth Ward Heflin too. But Edith Heflin, Miracles I Have Seen. And uh, that book, oh, hallelujah. So I've been ordering miracle books. So I ordered a book of, off the internet of all the miracles, our, 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 our uh, documented miracles of Catherine Kuhlman. Miss Jean gave me a, a book on miracles about a woman that got healed in Catherine Kuhlman meeting. And that's what I'm reading on. I'm thinking about them I'm, uh, all the time. And, and that's what we've got to do is we've got to get our focus because see in word of faith, which that's what we are. We've developed our faith for healing. And we have developed our faith for uh, God supplying all of our needs. But we have never in the Word of Faith movement developed our faith for miracles. And so because we haven't... See, you don't have to have a Benny Hinn gift of the Spirit. He's got a gift for miracles. But you don't have to have that. You can develop your faith for miracles. 
You can get miracles with your faith just like you get healing with your faith. And healing insinuates recovery. The Bible says in Mark 16, you'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's usually what we're talking about when we're talking about healing is recovery. And praise God for recovery. But we can develop our faith for miracles. We can develop our faith for instantaneous things happening in our lives. And, and you know, we can get that time lapse shorter and shorter. Amen. Amen. And I had, to, I had to get two miracles yesterday. I was preaching on this, and you know it's going to try you. I mean, that made me mad. Oh, but I tell you, I woke up yesterday morning, stomach, stomach. And I had, and I like, I had an appointment at noon. I said, I got to get a miracle. And I'm preaching on it tomorrow. Hallelujah. So I had to prove it. So I got me a miracle. And I didn't get it instant, but I had it before noon. Amen. And then, hallelujah, last night, just suddenly, out of the blue, a headache. And I had to get a miracle. I knew I had to get a miracle. I knew I couldn't go take two Advil. I knew I couldn't. I knew I had to get a miracle. I had to do this word. Amen. And I tell you, I had a miracle. It took me a couple of hours, but I got me a miracle. Amen. I got it. And I'd use what I'm going to tell you today. I used right what I'm going to tell you today to get it. Hallelujah. So we're going to develop our faith in miracles in this place until they happen commonly and instantly. And, and hallelujah. And until it don't take us two hours, it doesn't take us a half a day. Hallelujah. We'll develop our faith. Amen. God is a now God. He's a now God. He's not a now six months from now or two years from now. He's a now. All through the Bible, you see that God's a now God. God is a do it now God. Hallelujah. And you know, God doesn't have any time to lose. He doesn't have six months for you to be sick now. We might could have got by that in the 50s, six months, what's that? You know, we can go on. Hallelujah. But now we're down to months, probably years, few short years at the best before Jesus returns. And there's a work to do. Hallelujah. And you have to do it. And you have to have a miracle. You cannot do the works of Jesus unless you get a miracle. You can't get somebody else a miracle unless you get one. Hallelujah. Remember the Gadarean demoniac. And Jesus set him free from that legion of demons. And what did he tell him to do? He said, you go and tell what great things God has done for you. That's why you have to have a miracle. You've got to have something to tell. It's not enough just to say, well, you know, you ought to read this Bible right here and you know right there it says and right there, you know, no. If you go and you tell, you say sometimes I don't know how to give a, I don't know how to witness to people. Well, just tell what great things God's done for you. Amen. Hallelujah. That'll stir them up. Hallelujah. And they may not respond immediately, but I guarantee you they'll never forget it. They'll think about it. They'll ponder it. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So you have to. You have to have a miracle because you've got to have a testimony. Hallelujah. And some of you need one this morning and you can have one. Hallelujah. Uh, so we emphasize miracle ministry. We have teaching on miracle faith and, and uh, so forth. We sing about miracles. We testify about miracles. And you know, one of the things we do, we just saturate ourselves with the truth from God's word. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If we don't ever hear about miracles, we'll never have faith for them. Amen? So God wants us to saturate ourselves in that. And we have services, and in our services, we only talk about what, the, what God's doing. That's what we endeavor to do. That's why we don't have a prayer request board up here where we could, you know, I mean, we could sit here and list 60 people. I've seen prayer request boards that had over 100 people listed on them. And, you know, you, if, you, if I was to stand up here on Wednesday night and on it with a board and I was to say, well, now we need to pray for Sister So-and-so because this is what the devil's done to her and this is what, and spend a, a 30 minutes talking about everything the devil had done, I'm telling you this room would be so empty of faith that we wouldn't be able to get anything. And that's why we can't put a board up. Because, and we can't talk about it. You know, even people get sick in the church, we don't talk about it a lot. Why? Because we need to talk about what Jesus is doing in our services and glorify Him because we got to have faith. And if we talk about what the devil's done to all of us every week, hallelujah. Now, I like to wait till I get on the other side of it to talk about it. Amen. And then we'll give a testimony. 
Hallelujah. And Jesus will be glorified and your faith will be built. Hallelujah. Because see, your faith is built because you know that if Jesus set Miss Debbie free, if he set uh, this one free or that one free, he'll set you free. Amen. So we preach about these things. We testify about them. We sing about them. We sang a lot about miracles today. We didn't, I mean, uh, Chris just led by the Spirit to do that. But we sang about them. Amen. Talk about how big God is. Magnify God. Magnify God. And you know you've got to practice this at home. If you want miracles, you and your husband or you and your mother or you and your sister can't sit around and talk the problem for an hour and a half on the phone and then think you're going to get it turned around and get a miracle. No, because you have depleted yourself of faith. And so sometimes you got to avoid people and you got to shut your mouth and you got to, you know, you got to do all sorts of things. And I mean, I wish everybody had a husband like mine. I was telling my mother the other day, it's funny, my mother didn't know this, but she said, how's Michael doing? I said, he's doing great. I said, you know, he always, he's always doing great. He always has a positive spin on life. She said, really? I said, yeah. And if I ever don't, I get in trouble. You know, I get in trouble if I'm ever negative. So, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, but everybody doesn't have that. Praise God. But boy, I tell you, we got to create an atmosphere. And you know, you may not, you may live in a home where there's unbelievers and that's not a very good atmosphere, but you ought to be able to come to a church where absolutely your faith is, is, is built and you believe when you leave. Amen. So talking about how big God is, you know, folks, we got to quit acting like we're Baptist. Everybody turn to somebody and say, quit acting like you're a Baptist. Now, I used to be a Baptist. Hallelujah. But we've got to quit acting like that because here's how Baptists act. It's not that Baptists don't believe in miracles, but they say if God wants to do one, He will. Or He can. Huh? That, yeah, that, I mean, y'all know how that is. I mean, I know. But we've got to quit acting like that. If God wants to do one, He will. And I've even heard this. If God wants to heal me, He can heal me right here at my house. Oh dear, yeah, you better call the, the, and make arrangements, you know, and, and, and get it all planned out and call the lawyer and make the will. and You better do that because that ain't going to be how it is. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, uh, so, and, uh, and like I said before, quit thinking we have to have a gift. No, we can use our, we got, a, we got our faith. We've got our faith to get everything we need, including miracles. And I'll tell you something, tongue talkers, and we're tongue talkers here. We just make that plain. They ought to be having miracles all the time. Tongue talkers ought to have miracles. Amen. Don't let anybody talk you out of that. Hallelujah. And you know something else? We ought to be having miracles on Sunday morning. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We ought to be letting God be God and take all the limitations off of Him. You know, there's limitations of, well, some people take it so far back that it passed away with the apostles. And but some of us haven't taken it that far back, but we have a little limitation somewhere on him. Well, let's just take all the limitations off. Amen. So we get in faith for miracles. You know, you get miracles just like you get healing. You claim it, believe you receive it. According to Mark eleven twenty four, when believe you receive when you pray. Believe you receive when you pray. Not believing it's coming, but believe I pray, I ask you for it, now I believe I receive it, and so we're going to talk about that more. Now I'm going to give you four ingredients for a miracle, and Pastor's been preaching this for a couple of weeks, but I said, like, I'm picking up where you left off, and I'm going to start, where, and you know, I'm going to cover. So if you've heard some of it, but I've got a little different slant on some of it, you know, come up the mountain a little different way, maybe you'll see it in a way you didn't see it before. Four ingredients for a miracle, Pastor covered this, number one is a crisis. Now, some people miss their miracle because of their definition of crisis. You know, crisis is not necessarily life and death. Crisis was yesterday morning with a, a stomach problem, bowels and so forth, and got to be somewhere at 12 o'clock. That's a crisis. Amen. And, you know, crisis is, is got to preach in the morning and know you've got to get this headache off of you. That's a crisis. This is a crisis. It doesn't have to be you're going to die to be a crisis. Crisis can be i got to get this electric bill paid. 
That's a, that can be your crisis. So some people get such a big, you know, they wouldn't ask God for something unless they were on the very uh, last breath. And you know, wait to get a miracle until the doctor, try everything a doctor says to do. Have needles punched in you, which is ludicrous and demonic, I might add. Comes from Eastern religions. And try all of that. And when they say, there's nothing else we can do, you've got two weeks to live, then say, oh, well, I guess i got to get a miracle. And they do have a crisis. I mean, they got a full-blown crisis. But how much better to have crisis be a way of life from the time you're a child, I mean crisis, have miracles, excuse that, have miracles be a way of life from the time you're a child where you've just had a constant lifestyle of miracles, then it won't be hard to get one no matter what comes. And probably you won't ever have to deal with it because the devil knows you're a walking miracle. That you have them in your money all the time. That you have them in your vision. Pastors talked about that. That sometimes you can have a crisis of vision. A vision crisis. In other words, God's told you to do something. You, can't have, you don't have the money to do it. That's a, you need a miracle. Amen. So you can have a, a crisis that way. So we can we got to get our interpretation of crisis. Hallelujah. You know, your child's got a fever. That's a crisis. Amen. Hallelujah. So, But you have to have a crisis. You can't have a healing meeting where everybody's well. It's kind of boring. You can't have a salvation meeting where everybody's saved. It's uneventful. So you got to have a crisis. And having a crisis qualifies you for a miracle. Number two, Pastor talked about this, obedience to the command of faith. Now, every time you release your faith, Mark eleven twenty four, I believed, I, re I received when I prayed. Always following that is going to be a command of faith, something for you to do. Now, we, I chose the scriptures this morning carefully that we read of concerning miracles because in every one of those miracles, Jesus told the person to do something. He told the lepers, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, as they obeyed the command of faith, they were healed. He told the man that he made spit and, you know, did the spit and dirt thing. He told him, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And as he, after he washed, he was healed. There's always a command of faith. And that's why sometimes up here, you have a healing evangelist in, and they'll say, we'll bend over and touch your toes. Or sometimes they say, do something you couldn't do before. And that's a command of faith. But I, I, like, I think it's better for you to learn and train yourself after you've prayed for something, after you've prayed for your house to sell or your, your, your car to sell or, your, or whatever you've or prayed for a new house, prayed for a new car, you, you ought to train yourself to listen for the command of faith. And it doesn't always come immediately, but it'll come. A command of faith. And you'll, it, comes, it comes several ways. It'll come sometimes by the word. You'll be reading the word and there's a command of faith coming. It'll come by the still small voice. Just something knowing inside of you, I need to do this, I need to do that. I mean, I've had it be everything from sweep the garage. I've had it be dance. I've had the Lord say, you dance. I've had the Lord say, stomp your foot three times. You know, sometimes it's harder. Sometimes it's so $100. Hallelujah. I, you know, I know you'd rather stomp your foot three times than so $100. But, you know, sometimes it's, when, usually when you talk to God about money, he's going to talk to you about seed. And sometimes when you talk to God about healing, he talks to you about seed. And sometimes when you talk to him about your kids, he talks to you about seed. And so it comes that way. It comes by the prophet or prophecy. And it comes sometimes by another believer, somebody operating under the anointing. Somebody will say, well, you know, I've been praying about you and I just believe you're supposed to da 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 da, -da do so-and-so. Amen. Of course, that should witness to your heart and you should obey. But you need to look for and listen for the commands of faith. Um, you need to look for that outlet to act on your faith. To act on what you believe. Brother Hagen, he's laying on the bed of sickness when he's 17 years old. He, believe, he, fi he finally finds a several months of just, it took him an hour and a half, he would say, to turn one page in the Bible. But he happened on by the leading of the Holy Ghost to Mark 11, 24, that to believe you receive. He's paralyzed and has four incurable heart conditions. Paralyzed from the waist down. And he's uh, on the, and he, but he had gotten saved. He had gone to hell, you know, and gotten saved. So he was saved. But he, and so he got found to Mark 11, 24. And the Lord and said, believe you receive when you pray. And he did that. And a few days later, he said, now, Lord, he said, if you were to, if Jesus was to stand before me right now and say, uh, 
you didn't believe you received when you prayed, I'd have to tell him he's a liar because I have believed I received when I prayed. And, but nothing had happened in several days. And he was like, I don't understand this, you know. Nothing's happened. I believed I received when I prayed. And he told the Lord that. He spoke real boldly to the Lord and said, I'd have to say Jesus was a liar. And I all respect, sir, but I'd have to say that because I know I have believed I received when I prayed. And the Lord said, this is what the Lord said to him in his heart, still small voice, said, healed people are up at 1030 in the morning. Now he's paralyzed. He's paralyzed. And he tells a story on his testimony how he got a hold of the, the, the poster bed, the, one of the poles of the four-poster bed, and drug himself, drug himself, and, 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 and was just hanging on for dear life, and just his, his legs just out on the floor, and just, just you know, for all he can, because healed people are up at 10.30 in the morning. See? We gotta obey the command of faith. And you can believe you receive till the cows come home and you don't act on it, you don't obey the command of faith, uh, you won't have it. And you know something else about the command of faith? Delayed obedience is really not obedience at all. Now sometimes you know concerning you know, well, let me lay here thirty minutes and think about whether I'm gonna get up out of this bed. You may do that. But when God tells you to give or something, you gotta do it. You gotta act. Hallelujah. Uh, you gotta get up. God tells you something. You gotta if you want delivered, you can't say, I'll get up and walk when I'm waiting to be healed, Lord, and I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna get up. And I promise you, after I get healed, I'll never be in bed at ten thirty in the morning. You'll still be laying there. Or saying, when I get delivered, Lord, I'm going to do that. And Lord, I believed you for, for finances to come in. And when they come in, I'll give that seed. No, you'll be waiting. When Jesus comes back, you'll still be waiting. Why? Because you've got to obey the command of faith. Um, so when you say things like that, you stopped your miracle right there. Stopped it right there. You know, another thing about uh, obeying the command of faith, miracles are really messy. They're just messy. And one reason I think we don't have more miracles in the church is we're too sophisticated. Uh, they're messy. They make, uh, and we got to get used to this out here in the audience. They, they kind of tend to want to make us uncomfortable. They kind of tend to, uh, they're, they're especially cr crippled people getting healed. Those are just the messy kind. I was thinking about our, this testimony. I told somebody about it, but Rick and Denise Renner, if y'all have heard of them, you know they're missionaries to Russia, have a big church, the Good News Church in Moscow, and uh, went over there did a, doing a fantastic work. But before they went over there, before God sent them over there, when they were pretty young in the ministry, he was having a meeting, uh, a, uh, I, don't know, I don't know if it was in a church or not, but just a meeting, and uh, uh, you know, a crusade of some kind. And uh, so they was believing for miracles. Well, there's a lady there in a wheelchair. So the first night, they are going to pray for people, and I think she came up in the line. So Denise gets her, another lady and says, come on, let's get her out of this wheelchair. And so they get her out of the wheelchair. Oh, you know, like we're standing over here, and we get her out of the wheelchair. And they started dragging her, and they drug her. And some churches got a pretty wide. They drug her clear across the front of the church. Her little legs stretched out behind her, and they're dragging her. Nothing's happening. They're dragging her. And then when they got, they drug her back, put her in the wheelchair and said, come back tomorrow night, and we'll do it again. And she came back. Now that's kind of a miracle right there, you know. <laughs> and she came back. And the next night, they get her out of that wheelchair, and they drag her. And the ushers don't know what to do. And they said she had on them little double-knit pants, and they, they were pulling them off of her. They're dragging her across the front of the church, Denise and another woman, dragging her. And, they, and this is messy, isn't This is so messy. It just made, and then they drug her back, put her in the wheelchair, said, come back tomorrow night, we'll do it again. She came back. They drug her the third night. On the morning of the fourth day, Denise said, Rick, I really believe she's going to get it tonight. He said, Denise, she better. <laughs> I mean, he said his ministry was flashing before his face. So they get her out of that wheelchair, and she drug. They drug her across there, pulling her little pants off of her, pulling her little arms out of the sockets. And on the first, fourth night, she got up and walked. I'm asking you, are we prepared for, as a church for that? I'm asking myself, are you prepared for that? 
Because I'm the pastor's wife that, you know, for years it's like, oh, you know, he's going to embarrass me. He's going to embarrass me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Being honest there. Thank you, Jesus. Pride kills miracles. I'll tell you something else that kills them, and sometimes this comes more from the congregation. Pity. Pity kills miracles. I know I heard uh, David Horton talking about he's having a miracle meeting somewhere, and uh, he's on the stage just fixing to preach. I think they've sung about miracles. He may have said a little bit about miracles. And so this woman, she's in her wheelchair, and she nosedives out of it out of her wheelchair and crawls and drags herself from the wheelchair drags herself and she's coming and he said he could just feel the congregation just locked down in pity and she's dragging herself and the ushers don't know what to do and she's dragging herself and she gets to the steps and she's he said her little top was he said you know they're not miracles aren't modest you want to throw a modesty cloth over so she has to crawl under it because, you know, her top's coming up, and, you know, because she's crawling and she's pulling herself and pulling herself with her arms. And, and she gets up to the steps and, climb, and she's up going up the steps. And he said, well, praise God, sister. Praise God. You go for it. And uh, he, so she gets there and he says, well, you just sit there the whole service and listen to the word. Oh, she gets on the step. And so she sits there. And the service is over. I think it was just a one-night service. And they put her in the wheelchair. She goes back home. But he gets a letter from her. And she said, that's the first time I'd been out of a wheelchair in three years. Amen? And she said, ever since then, I've been having feeling and tingling in my legs. And I've been driving my car. And I hadn't drove in three years. And, you know, she wasn't getting an instant miracle necessarily, but she was, things were changing and she was improving. And hallelujah. So I'll tell you what, we got to obey the command of faith. And we got to keep pride away. Hallelujah. You got to get rid of pride. If you want your miracle, because I'll tell you something, God is kind of like that. He'll probably give you something to do that'll kill it. That'll kill pride. You know? Hallelujah. Praise God. He probably won't say while you're at home and, you know, well, you know, dance all around your bedroom. You could probably handle that, but hallelujah. No, miracle business is messy. Hallelujah. Uh, miracles take work. You know, see, even sometimes, see, we sang a song today and, you know, like the song and everything, so I'm not being critical, but we got to make sure we don't misunderstand it. Because that last song we sang, God, you do miracles so great. You do miracles. You do miracles so great. God, you do miracles. And we're all just sitting around, if we're not careful, waiting for God to do miracles. And God, he supplies the power, but he don't do them. He don't do them. And so, you know, we can sing that as long as we all understand that we're not sitting around waiting for him. I want you to turn in your word uh, to first current. Well, you can turn to, turn to John 14. And I'll tell you about the other one. John 14. Because miracles are work. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, remember the gifts of the Spirit, the nine gifts of the Spirit? What's the miracle one called? It's called the gift of miracles, right? Is it? Y'all, be careful, be careful. Don't, don't get yourself in trouble here. Be careful. Is it called the gift of miracles? Working of miracles. It's work. It's work. If you want miracles to happen for other people through you, you're going to have to work them. We can't, oh, you know, well, we're, we're, we, you know, sometimes we're just like, well, now, Lord, I'll lay hands on their forehead. And, Lord, thank you for a miracle. <laughs> That's probably, might not get it every time. No. You may have to grab her and drag her across the front of the church. Or something. Hallelujah. That's working a miracle. That's the working of miracles. Hallelujah. I know we didn't like that one. I didn't either. John 14, 12. I don't like that part either. But 
you know, just because we don't like it doesn't mean it's not the Word. Hallelujah. Because we would really rather God do this. But have you been noticing a real lack of those things in your life? That's because we're waiting on God to do them. And He said, you go. You know, you go. You go cast out devils. You go lay hands on the sick. You go. He told his disciples, go heal the sick. He didn't say, go pray that I'll heal the sick. He said, no, you go heal the sick. I'm trying to get my mind around this even now. You go heal the sick, not go pray I'll heal the sick. That's why there's not any power in the church. Because we're waiting on God and He's waiting on us to get up and do it. And then He supplies the power. Now, at all, we're not saying that we got the power. We're saying the power comes from Him. Hallelujah. John 14, are you there? Verse 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. He that believeth on me. That's us, isn't it? The works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Now, we like this scripture, and this is like one of our main scriptures. And we're all sitting around waiting on some sort of end-time outpouring where God's going to do a bunch of stuff. But I'm telling you, he's waiting on us. And this scripture right here, I want you to notice that it says believe one time, and it says do three times. And we like the believing. We, oh, we're believers. You know, folks, if believing was going to do it, we'd already got it done because I've been believing for years and so have you. I'm perfected nearly in believing. I'm not saying I'm perfect. But I mean, I have really focused down on that and got it. I believe. And it's time for us to do. Hallelujah. Oh, I just, I don't really like to preach this because it's going to make me have to do something after I finish this service. <laughs> I'm looking right now. I'm trying to figure out which one of you is going to get... Which one of you is getting drug across the front of the church? <laughs> do. Do. But, you know, there may not be anybody here because it's hard to have a healing meeting when everybody's healed. Hallelujah. Uh, number um, uh, four. No, three. Mark five. Mark 5. Are you, you can turn over there real quick. Mark 5. We've we got to wind this down. I know the pastor had a problem. He couldn't get past 2 every time. I'm like, I ask him, well, what's 4 and 5? I mean, 3 and 4. He said, I don't know. Mark 5. So I had to figure it out. Mark 5. <coughs> uh, this is a... And I kind of already touched on this, didn't mean to. I guess I got ahead of myself a little. Uh, but this is a woman with the issue of blood. And it says uh, in verse 27, When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind, touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, or power, virtue and power, same thing, gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? The fourth, third ingredient for a miracle is power, God's power. And he has to supply that. We have to believe it. We have to do the doing. We have to believe it enough that we'll do the doing. I mean, it's one thing to say, you believe God's got power. It's another thing to get yourself out on the limb and drag a lady across this church four nights in a row. Right? Hallelujah. It's easy to say, but now we're going to be doers. Hallelujah. Okay, it's God's power. You know, if God's power didn't show up, it takes God's power to drive out cancer. It takes God's power to make limbs right. Amen. Hallelujah. Number four. The fourth ingredient for a miracle, kind of talked about this already too, is your faith as a receiver. Now, I think sometimes where we get this messed up is we try to make our faith do it. Your faith is not, your faith is not the, uh, cannot do what God's power has to do. 
Your faith cannot do it. And sometimes I think instead of using our faith as a receiver, you know, see your faith as a receptacle. Seeing your faith as the receiver, we try to make our faith do it. And sometimes you get people up here in the prayer line and they're going, and they're trying, that's, that's trying to make your faith do it. Instead of just, let me receive here. I've already believed, I've already, now let me just receive the power. Hmm. Hallelujah. And you know, sometimes you have people screaming at the devil, trying to make your faith do it. And I'm not, sometimes there's a time to resist the devil and speak up, but you know, there's people that have screamed for 30 minutes or an hour and just, you know, trying to make their faith do it. No, your faith has to be the receptacle, the receiver. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Can't use your faith like a bulldozer. Uptight, fighting devil, screaming in tongues, laying hands on yourself, praying like a machine gun, quoting scriptures. And sometimes people do that up the front of the church and you want to just say, shut up. Shut up. Just receive. Hallelujah. Trying to make it happen. You ever? I've done it. I know I heard a story about a lady. And they said that she was on the worship team and evidently she was fighting some sort of little battle. And they said she just screamed. They said everybody was really praising, so it didn't, nobody really noticed that much. But she's just screaming up there and stomping and, you know, and just fighting and, you know, just I don't know what all. Said she came into the prayer line and they asked, what's wrong here? She said, I'm hoarse. <laughs> you know, you just want to say, if you just shut up, you could get over that, you know. Hallelujah. Ooh. Well, so don't skip the power part and don't skip the using your faith part. Hallelujah. And go for the max. Don't go for, well, in three weeks I'll be over this. In God's help. No. Hallelujah. Praise God. So yesterday I used these steps and I just sat down. I was sitting there in my chair and I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to go. So I, I'll tell you the first thing I did. I just kind of... You know, Mark eleven twenty four talks about, you go going down there to verse 25, about you're not going to be able to receive this if you've got sin. He talks about unforgiveness specifically, but so I just kind of examined my heart. And I just said, okay, Lord, am I right with you? And is everything, is there anything going to block this power from flowing? And came up clean, came up clear, didn't have any conviction. And just taking a little minute there. And then, in, then I just uh, turned to Mark eleven twenty four, 24, and I, I did that. I believed I received when I prayed. And thank you, Lord. Now I've received it. Don't matter how I feel, I believe I've received it. My faith is a receptacle. I have it there. And then I just, uh, uh, I, I, you know, I knew the power was available. I know it's available all the time and in us. So I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. And so uh, uh, I, asked, I listened for the command of faith. I listened for what he told me to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Just listen for that command of faith. I acknowledged the fact. I said, Lord, I got a crisis here. And I listened for the command of faith and I did it. And then I didn't ask myself, did this work? I just got up and started going. And you know, it happened. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, let's stand up together this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Does anybody just in here need a miracle? You say, I need one. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Got a crisis, many crises, big crises, little crises. We don't care how big a crisis it is, if it's a crisis. Let me ask this, this. Anybody in here got a headache? If you've got a headache, come up here. No headaches. Hallelujah. No headaches in the house. Okay. Anybody else got that, that stomach thing? Hallelujah. No, them all stayed home this morning. Hallelujah. That was mean, wasn't it? No. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, thank you, Lord. Well, don't make me go down the list now, you know. You have a mini crisis. Okay, she's got a mini crisis. Anybody else? Anybody else? Before we pray, don't let her get all of it. Thank you, Lord. You going to obey the command of faith? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Good. Well, thank you, Lord. Or something. Has to have some money. Okay, come on up. She's just taking a, she takes more than her share. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you. No, God's not limited on how many miracles he can do for you. Hallelujah. Anybody else need money? Has to have money this week. Thank you, Lord. 
has to have some money this week. Praise God. God multiplies money. Thank you, Lord. You're going to take, take all the limitations off of him. Don't they, oh, you know, how's it going to come? No, let him choose. Let him choose a fish's mouth. Let him choose to multiply, you know, the $10 you got in your purse. Hallelujah. Always keep some cash. All, listen, if you don't keep cash, he can't multiply money. Commonly, he, he, God can multiply money. But he won't multiply an empty. Well, I mean, he may tell you, go get the fish and then put it in your pocket. But always keep some cash. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm expecting money to be multiplied. I'm excited about it. I mean, I think about things like that. I got some money hid at the house, and I want to go check it every once in a while and count it, you know? Hallelujah. And see if it's multiplied yet, because I'm believing it's going to. You know, in the old-timer, Edith Hethelin, that's one of the miracles. Of course, they had a church, and back in Depression days and stuff, maybe the offerings, you know, they might need a dollar and a half to pay the light bill or something. It was like ridiculously low stuff. And the offering would come in sometimes, and it'd be 50 cents and stuff because people had no money in the depression and then she would pray and go back and look at it and it might have gone up to 60 she'd pray again and go back and look at it and she might spend out half a day praying and going looking at that money but eventually she'd pray that thing up to a dollar and a half money multiplying see we got to feed on those things or we'll never believe them amen so hallelujah just think about things like that all the time and then you know there's other ways Hallelujah. I like to dream about miracles. Amen. So I'm dreaming that you're going to have a financial miracle. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that it'll be supplied. Thank you, Lord, for redeeming Myron and Leanne like you did me, delivering them, delivering them. Let them receive their deliverance from lack in Jesus' name. And so from this day forward, it'll never concern you again that you might last. In Jesus' name. Oh, it's so good to be free of that fear. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, send the, meet the need. Lord, hallelujah. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, money. Money. Huh? You got to have some money this week? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you let God deliver you from that spirit of lack? Hallelujah. Just like you're saved. Amen. Okay, you only Hallelujah. You saved. Well, okay, well, you also delivered from lack. Just in receive it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Dream about miracles. Think about miracles. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Now, you know, my, my, Pastor and I have had lots and lots of financial miracles. And you know, until our faith is completely developed and and I mean until we I, I wasn't meditating on miracles in those days but I've had people just say don't worry about it and that was the way God got it to me then you know so we'll take it anyway but we're, we're dreaming of those bigger miracles amen are you got a financial situation okay hallelujah you ready to receive you seem happy about it and you know god just likes to work miracles for happy people hallelujah hallelujah the more you can laugh at it the better off you are hallelujah thank you jesus oh so we thank you father for her miracle her financial miracle we give you all the praise and all the glory in jesus name and father thank you father oh father praise you lord jesus thank you son thank you father for your goodness your goodness thank you jesus hallelujah mm, 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 mm. that's going to be so good i just can't wait to hear how god worked that out well that that's a crisis hallelujah you know God wants to give you a history of miracles that your whole life, you know, just like, well, I had that one this year and that one that year and this one, you know, and, and last week we get, this was a miracle. You know, our life, that's how our lives are supposed to be. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just, I mean, hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for a miracle anointing coming into Ray and Michelle's house in Jesus' name. 
thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for a miracle in the Smith's house in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for miracles in the Arnold's house. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. There's a... There's millions and things like that attached to some of your miracles. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you for a miracle. Oh, yeah, we're thanking you. We're just thanking you for that miracle. You know, that 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 was good. Hallelujah. Thank you for that miracle power working in Barry's life in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you for miracles in this house. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all believe in them, don't you? Amen. Y'all, would y'all take some? Hallelujah. We'll start thinking about them and talking about them now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Miracles in the Beck house. Hallelujah. Miracles. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Y'all take some of that. Hallelujah. Signs, wonders, and demonstrations. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Maybe y'all see that glory rain at your house. Thank you, Lord. Lord, hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. In the Hayes house. Lord, we thank you for miracles. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's, I tell you what, in the next two weeks, let's talk it up. Amen. Let's talk about miracles. Let's sit around and talk about reckon what kind of miracles are going to happen at the revival. Amen. Reckon how, what, you know, praise God. Just can't wait. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for demonstrations, signs, signs in the earth. Not, not every miracle has to be healing and, and, you know, signs. There's signs, miracles. There's glory rain and there's gold dust and there's, you know, there's fish and I don't know, there's axe heads floating and, you know, there's all sorts. There's, there's sign miracles. There's signs. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. So let's talk it up. Everybody say, talk it up. Talk it up. Amen. Now, at lunch today, what are you going to talk about? Miracles. Man, I tell you, I'm getting myself in trouble. I have to do these things. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well... I'm going to speak God's blessing on you. Amen. Praise God. Lord, I speak the blessing of God on this church, on these people. Thank you for the new day, the new hour that we're in. Thank you, Father, for miracles all over this place on a continual basis. And thank you, Father, for that we have miracles to go and testify about. Lord, cause us to be laborers in somebody's path this week concerning uh, revival and what you're doing in the earth. Lord, show us where the harvest is ripe, because it's ripe. And Lord, we give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So when you're going out, get you some flyers to give away.